Welcome in to the Blitz. My name is Kane Schwartz. As always, I am your host, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Jaden Kozak. How you doing, my guy? Doing all right. Sweet, sweet. We were, t- we were talking last time uh, in one of our cut parts of the podcast about how we've been, <laughs> Jaden's trying to put together some sort of response to this question, and it seems it's, to never change. It's the biggest, <laughs> like brain freeze moment and i'm like you know i say the same thing every time and i try to say something else and every time it just comes out as yeah i'm doing good man every time it it, it never fails though yeah it never fails but we also are joined by mr tyler north here today as well fellow co-host how you doing man good as always can't complain whatsoever uh i mean Jaden, you know, no news is good news sometimes. So and when you yeah. say you're doing yeah. good, I mean, yeah. you know, that's great. But um, no, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. You know, come, Vikings coming off a dub this past weekend. So obviously in high spirits, season's kind of back on track. We'll see. Um, but no, it was an exciting week at, weekend of football. And uh, I know we just watched Thursday night, ended up being as, as good as it probably could again, could have been and uh, amped up for another exciting weekend of football. Hell Yeah. We all are, but you mentioned the Thursday night game that we just watched as we are recording this. This is immediately following the game. We're going to start doing this for Monday Night Football as well, so you'll hear our literal initial reactions after the games during the week, so that'll be pretty cool, but let's dive into it. Jags, Bengals at Cincinnati. The Jags take the L in this one. Bengals come out on top 23 to 21. And some of my takeaways from this game, I'll talk to you guys in a little bit. But um, obviously, Bengals win with field goal as time expires, which is pretty cool. Um, James Robinson seems like he's back, which is nice. Finally giving Urban Meyer realizing that Carlos Hyde isn't the player that he was at Ohio State a million years ago and uh, realizes that talent needs to come ahead of that and he finally seems like he's came to that realization because he got 18 carries tonight 78 yards two touchdowns looked awesome um also i have a question who is uh cj uzumwa is that am i saying this correctly zama yeah i was about to say i don't think there's a moi He's been around for a little while. You know, he's, he's been with the Bengals for a couple of years. Yeah. I think um, kind of Eifert overshadowed him. Yeah, I was about to say he was, he was backing up Eifert, but then when he got hurt, he was playing. But I've yeah, heard his name tossed year. around, but, like, I mean, obviously didn't do anything in an NFL game, really. Well, I mean, when you think about it, he was having, like, Ryan Finley throw passes to him. Yeah. I mean, right. The Bengals haven't really had a, a stable person at quarterback. I mean, now we're seeing it with Burrow, though. Right. And with that stable quarterback in Joe Burrow tonight, Mr. CJ had five catches, 95 yards and two touchdowns. He looked like a beast, looked like a beast. So potential waiver wire pickup for next week, possibly. Um, Also, some wide receivers that have kept it kind of quiet so far this year had their breakout games in this one. Um, LaVisca uh, Chenault has been really quiet so far this year. Um, A lot of people thought that, he was going to be Trevor Lawrence's favorite target going into the year, but um, it looked a lot like that was Marvin Jones uh, to start the year. But Chenault broke out tonight, six catches, 99 yards. He was going to him a lot. Uh, also on the other side of the ball, um, somebody who's also been quiet so far this year in a crowded receiver room, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd finally breaks out a little bit. Nine catches, 118 yards, looked phenomenal in this game. Uh, also kind of on the – 
Well, I mean, I guess this is nothing out of the norm. Joe Mixon exits in the fourth quarter with a leg injury. Um, it seemed kind of optimistic because, I mean, it was kind of like it, weird how he went out because it wasn't like a big like hit or anything, but he comes out. Um, he's limping on the sidelines in the last like what, like 10 minutes, six minutes, five minutes. Um, but comes out for- very. Brought in a former Redskin, I believe, or Washington football. Yeah, team, man. Yeah, Samaji Piran. Samaji Piran, the, the college goat at Oklahoma. He was a fucking monster. But, yeah, I mean, he did okay in Joe Mixon's absence. But kind of sad to see that Joe Mixon with another injury. I mean, like I said, didn't look too significant. He was just uh, hobbling around on the sideline. Not No boot, no going to the locker room, nothing like that. So, I'll toss it to you guys. Um, Jaden? What are your initial thoughts after the game? Uh, it was funny because the guy in our fantasy league that has Mixon today was like, so when are we going to give an over-under on when Joe Mixon gets hurt? And I said, <laughs> uh, I put it at about four and a, week four and a half. And take the under on that because he's already hurt. Um, but, yeah, the Bengals really came alive in the second half. It, they felt like they couldn't get anything going in the first half. Joe Burrow, I think, had 250 yards in the second half. They score all 24 points in the second half. Um, I'm leading the charge of the Joe Burrow is better than Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Group. Even mm-hmm. though and I know he's a year in front of him, so he's kind of got a little bit of an advantage, but the people that are so far up Trevor Lawrence. I just don't like great. Trevor Lawrence. I just don't I, like him. I don't I know. Do, Ever since I, the national championship game, I don't like him. Anyway continue I, I actually had i completely forgot about it until right now i had the urban meyer eyed on the head out meme locked and loaded for tonight <laughs> and they didn't lose that bad so i feel like it would be like not right to post it they didn't look awful tonight i just don't understand the trevor lawrence read options so much I, i'm not sure i'm fully yeah. grasping why they're doing that because like he's a you know maybe a little bit more mobile than burrow but he's not you wouldn't call him a mobile quarterback that or a running quarterback a guy that you're going to want to design your offense and with a read option for so i didn't really get that i don't know if that's going to be something they're doing full they're doing moving forward i obviously haven't been able to watch a whole lot of jacksonville this year but yeah this is this is pretty much what jacksonville is going to be like they're going to maybe be in games with bad teams because trevor lawrence is going to be able to do some things but yeah brutal way to loss though for a no three team especially with a new head coach and a new quarterback kind of sucks. But Tyler, what were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, coming into this game, first of all, in my uh, survivor pool, I, I did take the Bengals. So, like, that looks great. Nice. And, and you know, I was texting a couple of buddies earlier today. You know, I said, I don't know why, but I feel like the Jags might win this game. And, and you know, I've got a couple of people that can vouch for me on that. But, yeah, it was, you know, it was something that I – short week type of game. Um, you felt like the Jags were – close not you know they were up at halftime against the cardinals albeit a 109 yard i think uh missed kick return for a touchdown mm-hmm. um six you know which which but yeah they were up in, in that game and, and they were obviously up uh, at halftime in this game 14 nothing and I, I don't know if the wheels necessarily fell off i think the bengals showed that when faced with adversity they can come back um which is you know out you know against probably the worst team but uh it, it was a comeback win nonetheless bro like we said 25 30 38 for 348 and two touchdowns um i think you said 250 of that came in the second half so yeah they really came alive and the other thing other thing i really wanted to hit on in this game was the jags did show some heart um they have now mm-hmm. lost 19 
13 straight games dating back to last season, which you wonder, how does a team do that all the time? Well, you saw it at the end. There was a big third down holding call on the defense. I think there was another third down um, holding call or pass interference call, maybe hands to the face call on the defense that gave the, uh, the, the Bengals a first down. Those are the type of penalties and type of plays that on third down, when you stop a team and then give them a first down via penalty, those are the type of plays as to why you lose 19 straight games. Trevor Lawrence had zero turnovers in this game. I mean, I got to give the guy credit for that. Um, the, the fourth down call at the goal line uh, right before half was not a good call. That was your read option again. And, and I just did disagree with it right there at the goal line. Cincinnati knew it was coming. Everybody knew it was coming. They knew it was going to be, if it was a read option, Lawrence is going to keep it. He's not going to hand it off. He's going to want the touchdown. And those are the things that I think as he progresses in this league and as he gets more time, he's going to realize uh, not to, to handle it like that. The other thing, um, last two things I'll talk about with this game, Cincinnati never led in this game until the final play. That's just crazy in my mind to play the Jags at home and, and not lead at all. Um, and the other thing is uh, the Bengals are now three and one in first place in the AFC North. It's something to, to kind of look at. I know I'm not <laughs> going to sit there and say that they're going to win this division, but they put their, themselves in great place and they play the Packers in Cincy next weekend, 10 days to rest. That'll be a great test for this team. And, and I'm very intrigued by that game next week, but kudos to the Bengals. Jag showed heart. I think they're going to be a little bit more competitive here the rest of the year. And I think they'll claw out, no, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended. I don't know. They'll claw out <laughs> a, a couple of wins this year. Yeah. And no, I think you got a good point. The, I mean, the Bengals in that division race, like they have the potential to finish better than the Ravens. They have the potential to finish better than the Steelers. Like, I mean, there's potential there to, I mean, they look good so far this year and that offense, I, I the defense struggles. Don't get me wrong, but especially letting up points to the Jets tonight. I like think Jesse did. Bates was out tonight as well, if I'm not mistaken. I did not see uh, him much on the field at all tonight. So I don't know. He might've been in, but I, I didn't see much of him, um, which, you know, if he was out and they get him back, that can obviously help. Uh, one other thing, that final drive, 10 plays, 73 yards, five and a half minutes. Well done by Burrow. Go down, kick the field goal, win the game. That's what you get drafted number one to do. And he did it. Yeah. So well done by him. Not to mention against his former coach <laughs> who had him as the third string at Ohio state and also against another number one pick who people thought was better. So Joe Burrow comes out and he's like, nah, man, I'm the man. So hope he's popping a cigar in his mouth after this. One. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's get into the week four preview where we've got some, uh, it's fair to say we've got some better matchups than Jags and Bengals up coming up ahead in week four, but let's get right into it. The first game on our slate that we are going to cover as a headliner game is Panthers at the Cowboys in the one o'clock window. Panthers are sitting three and zero right now. They look great. Uh, Cowboys are sitting at one, uh, two and one, not too shabby. Uh, things to watch in this game for me. Um, can the Cowboys defense continue to impress? Um, they've, despite their struggles last year, they've looked pretty decent so far this year. I'm not about to say that they're one of the best defenses in the NFL or anything, but um, we were talking about on two pods ago, uh, turnover dependent defenses, which I thought was an interesting comment. And Cowboys and the Saints, too, are looking like two turnover dependent defenses so far this year. But, I mean, turnover is a good thing. Anyway, uh, Cowboys so far, they're a top six defense against the run. They've only allowed 149 uh, 49 yards in total and no touchdowns to running backs. Uh, 
six interceptions tied with the Saints for the most. And um, Trayvon Diggs, uh, not former Terp, but I guess brother of a Terp. So I guess we can support that. And uh, Maryland product. Yeah. From, from Maryland. Maryland. You got you got a Maryland family from, from Maryland for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's got three picks right now, which is tied for most in the league. So Cowboys defense not looking as bad as they were last year. Um, also, what can Chuba Hubbard? Uh, is it Chuba or Chuba? I've always... Chuba. Chuba? It's Chuba. It's Chuba. Chuba. Interesting. Well, I mean, it's Mitchell a hell of a making, name. Mitchell was making fun of his dad for saying Chuba. Chuba. Oh, oh uh, uh, Steve was saying Chuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, – I thought it was Chuba for the longest time, and then I listened again. I'm like, oh, there's no extra B. That Which is – it's because it's Chuba Hubbard. Like, that sounds yeah. so right. nice. Yeah, because yeah, it's the, the UBB. You would think yeah. it would be synonymous in both names, but it's not. Right. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Chuba Hubbard, but uh, what can Chuba Hubbard do in the absence of CMC in this game? Uh, CMC has been ruled out already for this game. He's out. Um, but Chuba Hubbard, a lot of good things saw in college. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick, I believe. Um, in 2019, 2,000 yards and 21 touchdowns at Oklahoma State. So definitely a solid football player and high praise around the league for him. So high expectations. Also, can the Carolina defense continue to dominate against a high-powered Dallas offense, which is going to be a hell of a test? I mean, they're are non-arguably the best defense in football this year. They've allowed the least rushing and passing yards. And, I mean, they've been phenomenal, but they face a hell of a test in a high-powered Dallas offense. Um, I'll start with you, Tyler. What are you looking for in this game? Yeah, um, a couple things. A, the Panthers have never trailed this year which is absolutely remarkable through three games. They have not trailed for a single second. So the biggest question in my, in my mind in this game is when they're faced with adversity, how do they handle it? Because they're going to be going up against the best team that they face this year. Yeah. You know, the saints have had their moments here and there, but you know, Jameis was awful in that game against Carolina and saints just, they, sometimes you just don't come ready to play and the saints didn't come ready to play in that game, this game on the road, Dallas defense, you know, you don't, don't have your best player as well. But yeah, you touched on the Dallas defense. I read a stat. They have two plus turnovers in seven straight games, which is tied for the longest streak in the league right now. So we talked about uh, defenses that feed off of the turnovers. Cowboys are it because they allow 402 yards a game, which is 26 in the NFL. So it's, they don't get a lot of tackles for loss or sacks. They're 28th and 29th in those categories, respectively. Um, and Chuba Hubbard, you know, for our average listeners, I know, you know, with our, with our fantasy gurus, everybody's picked him up by now. He was the number one waiver wire. A lot of people, 12 man leagues, maybe even 10 man leagues had him as a handcuff. Um, but this is a guy that in 2019, the last full college season that he played in, uh, he played in 13 games and rushed for 2,094 yards. Mm -hmm. This is not a guy that it just, you know, had a couple games in college that he ended up being good. Now, this is a guy that's got the track record in college. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because Dallas has that Ben don't break defense. And we'll see if Sam Darnold or Chuba Hubbard or, or somebody on Carolina might make a mistake deep in Dallas territory that, that could inevitably affect the game. Um, and then Dallas, yeah, you touched on it. This is Panthers defense that has been great. And I know you guys touched on it um, earlier in the week with CJ Henderson. How's he going to factor into this defense now? And um, Dante Jackson's there. So if they get JC Horn back, they've got a plethora of corners uh, now at their disposal. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays against this Dallas defense. I think Carolina's got 
a great shot in this game. I think people are, are, are underestimating them. Um, they're saying, look at the record, look who they played, their best players hurt. But this is still a 3-0 and team, and I love yeah. Matt Rule, and I think he's going to have his boys ready to go. So um, I think it's going to be close. I think Dallas probably pulls it out, but I would not be surprised in the Leafs bit if, uh, if Carolina pulls it off. All right, Jaden, you heard Tyler's piece. What you got? Uh, yeah, I, I do like the CJ Henderson trade. I, I can't remember if we like touched on it. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, but yeah, I love them getting him almost immediately to recover the loss of JC Horn. And like you were saying, Chuba Hubbard was a guy who was being mocked in like late first, you know, second round, just the year before he was, you know, eventually entered the draft. So he's not, you know, a chump. This is a guy who was very, very, very productive in college and is probably more talented than Mike Davis was, who produced at a high clip last year, at least for the first couple games that Christian McCaffrey was out. And the one thing, though, that, yes, C.J. Henderson's great, but he's new and he's being plugged into this. And now he's going to have to guard one of C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper. And I feel like that could be a bit of a problem because he's also been playing, you know, he's been playing third string corner in Jacksonville because for whatever reason, Urban Meyer does not like him or did not like him. So I think, you know, fantasy wise, one of those guys could end up blowing up. I just think Dallas has too much offense as great as this Panthers defense has been is a Dallas offense that has been really well. They've got way too much star power for Carolina to handle. And like, I know it's stereotypical to say, well, look who they've played, but they have played Houston and the Jets and a Saints team when Jameis wasn't doing good, which is equal to the Jets because that team is all dependent on how good Jameis does. And if he's having a bad day, the Saints are nothing right now. So I'm taking Dallas in this one. I think, you know, it might be – it's going to be close just because the Panthers are a grinded-out team, but I'm taking Dallas pretty confidently. We, we, real quick, we, we talked about um, their defense. And one other thing on offense that they do really well is they lead the league in time of possession with 35 minutes. Um, and if they can control that clock and keep the Dallas electric offense off the field, that's going to help them immensely in this game. Like you said, Jaden, grind it out is their type of style. And uh, if they're able to do that and control the clock, I think that absolutely gives them the best shot at winning this game. And one question I want to bring up to both of you guys is, let's say Carolina does win this game. Where are they on on your power rankings? You know, they're, they're such a, in my opinion, they're, they're a unique team because nobody's really looking at them. You have a quarterback that's trying to, to have a renaissance to his career. I mean, you've got a coach in his second year, I believe, in Matt Rule, a defense that's young. But if they win this game, I mean, that's huge confidence going forward. Yeah. So, yeah, where, where do you guys think they would be if they were to hypothetically win this game? I mean, me personally, I mean, they have all the right pieces. Like, they've got – Sam Darnold, who has played amazing so far this year. Um, if CMC can get healthy and get past this hamstring injury, um, like if they end up winning this game without CMC, uh, you figure they'll get CMC back. Uh, you already got DJ Moore going crazy this year. Um, you've got Robbie Anderson, who you haven't even really gotten involved yet, who is an explosive offensive threat and a hell of a deep threat. And obviously you have the defense. So they have all the right pieces to be a serious contending team, especially if they beat the Cowboys, their first real test. Jaden. Yeah. I think that this team was one, this was one preseason that I was like, yeah, right now I can't put them too high confidently, but just a few things go right. And this is a 
borderline playoff contender because, you know, you plug in Sam Darnold and he fixes his whole career. You've already got Christian McCaffrey there. You know what you're going to get from him. So if they win this game, it's going to be kind of hard to keep them out of that top 12, top 10 range right now, especially once they get McCaffrey back and if Henderson works well. The one thing, though, that I do worry about with, like, the time of possession thing that Tyler was talking about was I think a lot of that is Christian McCaffrey is you can, you know, run the ball with him and then you also get him in the dump off game and stuff like that. And are you going to be able to use Chuba Hubbard? And is he going to be as effective as Christian McCaffrey and, you know, helping that offense do well managing the clock? Yeah. And I think with with, with that time of possession, I I discussed it with, you know, them never trailing this season and they've been able to control the clock by leading the entire time. So once again, if they're faced with adversity, how do they change their offensive game plan um, to, you know, adapt to the changes that are going on in the game? And and that's going to be a key factor for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, for my pick in this game, uh, let's first go over the spread. Uh, Dallas is favored by minus four and a half. Uh, the money lines for this game is uh, Dallas minus 210, Carolina plus 175. And interestingly enough, I'm buying in on Carolina. I'm taking them on the spread and the money line. I, Despite them playing the Texans on Thursday Night Football last week, I thought they looked great. And they're arguably hands down the best defense in football. I mean, the stats aren't even close. So Arguably hands down. Or, non-arguably hands down all right i'll say it correctly but yeah i'm going out on a limb and saying the carolina wins this game because i think a little that dallas is going to think a lot of themselves after putting 40 up on monday night football but it's the eagles man like come on like let's get real so all right good stuff on that game let's dive into the next one as far as the one o'clock window goes that's basically the only big major headline game that we already covered but once we dive into the four o'clock window, we've got two three and O teams going at it. It should be a hell of a game. Cardinals at the Rams at four o'clock. It's going to be a good one. Things to watch in this game for me. Uh, two of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL going toe to toe. Not to mention two potential MVP candidates, probably the leaders for the MVP candidate right now, going toe to toe in this one. Kyler. He's got a thousand yards, a thousand five yards on the year, which is third in the NFL. He's got seven tutties tied for fourth and um, 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Um, Stafford's got 942 yards, which is fifth and nine touchdowns, which is second to Tom Brady. So that it's going to be a hell of a game to watch there on the offensive side. But both of them have pretty solid defenses. I mean, the Rams defenses don't need to explain there. I mean, they've been solid. They were great last year and they've been, pretty good this year but the Cardinals are coming onto the scene this year with a pretty solid defense so far and I'm wondering if the Cardinals defense is legit will it be a shootout or will it be more of a defensive competition I think that'll be something to watch also will we get a Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins matchup in this game that would be awesome I mean that just them going to what Jaden you're shaking your head What's up? As a DeAndre Hopkins o- owner, no, I don't. Want to <laughs> I think there's – unless he's lining up uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, I hey, think man, AJ, AJ Green was good at one point. I feel like Jalen Ramsey might want to point his focus towards AJ Green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as much as you would like, I don't think that's going to happen. But Jalen Ramsey versus Nuke should be a hell of a matchup to watch. I'm excited. Tyler, what are you looking for in this game? Um, yeah, I mean, that that matchup is is going to be great. Um, you know, we I don't know if we talked about it, but, you know, just 
arguably not only two three and O teams, but the two front runners for MVP in my right. mind. Um, I think after Stafford knocked off Brady last week, he took the reins uh, from Brady as far as taking his spot in the MVP race. And Kyler has been doing his thing. You know, you can't say enough about him. Um, the Cardinals are looking to go four and O for just the second time since 1974. Uh, which is, you know, 45, 46 years. So this is kind of new territory. Another thing that I found is Sean McVay is undefeated against Arizona in his career. So he's never lost to the Cardinals and obviously never lost to, uh, to Cliff Kingsbury. Um, the Arizona defense is great against the pass, eight against the pass, 29th against the run. The Rams are 11th against the run, but 25th against the pass. So it's two contrasting teams, but two non-existent running games really and truly so it is going to come down to the passing games and is cooper cup going to keep this thing going man i mean this guy has not been slowed down at all this year i uh, he's been absolutely killing it in every category receiving receptions touchdowns you name it matt he's stafford matt stafford loves cooper cup right now and um we'll see if robert woods can step up because i think that's going to be a big question mark is can he take that that step if he's going to have a good season i know we talked about it with kittle last week if he's going to have a good season this is the game that you've got to step up it's a big time division prime time game you got to step up and uh and make some plays here so i'm absolutely infatuated by this game i think it's going to be an awesome game um could be you know down the line maybe deciding whoever wins the division who knows but um this game and the other matchup in the nfc uh west are, are great this is a gauntlet out there absolute gauntlet in this division and these two teams are the best in my opinion yeah good stuff Jaden. yeah i'm i'm also with you as far as two mvps i have stafford at one i know we talked about that but yeah i'm super excited for this one really don't want jalen ramsey to guard deandre hopkins all game because that would tank my chances of winning anything uh but i don't trust this cardinals defense yet i know that they played really well against Tennessee in week one, but they also allowed 35 points to a good Vikings offense, but they let the Jaguars be in that game last week for a lot longer than I'm sure they wanted them to be in it. And it just personnel wise, like I know there's JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, but outside of those first couple of weeks, they haven't really been, or that first week, they haven't been that, they haven't been making very much noise. And this is a cornerback group that was considered one of the worst in the league just a season ago. I also like, I know that against the past, the Rams have been awful, but this is still Jalen Ramsey we're talking about. And I think this is honestly going to come down to who has the ball last. This is going to be, you know, it's going to be Kyler versus Matt Stafford. They're going to be throwing it all over the field because there is no running game, like Tyler said. So I think it comes down to whoever has the ball last. And I'm taking the over regardless of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, uh, like, let's. Do- I like the over. It's. I, I think the over is a good call. The other thing I was going to say is, um, I'll take you know McVeigh over Kling- Kingsbury, um, as it's been proven. And another thing is, this game's in LA, and I know Chargers games. No offense to Mitchell, I know Chargers games have kind of been 50-50 fan split, where a lot of opposing teams have have bought a lot of tickets. We saw it with the Cowboys Chargers game. Um, it's kind of different with the Rams. The Rams have had a basis, and I think making the Super Bowl definitely helps. Um, but they they have a, a pretty strong home crowd, and I think it's definitely going to affect uh, Arizona. I know they played Tennessee, but you know they shut that crowd up pretty quickly, and they played Jacksonville, which no offense to any Jags fans out there, but what kind of home crowd is that? Um, so I think that, <laughs> I think this crowd is, is really going to affect this game. Um, and 
I'll, I'll give I'll wait till you go over the lines, but I'll give my prediction here in a minute for this game. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into that um, spread for this game. Rams are favored by four and a half. So it's Rams minus four and a half money line Rams minus two thirty. Arizona plus one ninety. And um, I'll start it off with my pick. Uh, you mentioned the Cardinals just keeping relatively mediocre teams in games way too long. And the Rams are not one of those teams. So I'm taking Rams on the spread and the money line. Tyler. Yeah, same. Um, I think this could be a double digit win for the Rams. Um, we saw what they did to arguably the Super Bowl favorite um, last week. Uh, the Rams are eight to one odds to win the Super Bowl, but yet the Chiefs are, I think, are six to one odds. And I don't know what the Chiefs have done this year that's really impressed people compared to the Rams. I mean, the Rams are great at all facets of the game. Maybe the run game a little bit, but um, Aaron Donald, I think, is going to be able to create a lot of pressure with Kyler Murray, and he's going to be flustered back there. I think we're going to see Kyler have his worst game of the season um, which might still be a good game but uh, for his standards it's not going to be a great game like he's been having so far this season so give me Rams uh, like I said I think they're going to win by double digits so definitely spread in money line good stuff Jaden yeah I'm taking the Rams on the spread in the money line as well I just I like way too much of what Matt Stafford and the whole Rams offense has been doing I don't know the status of Daryl Henderson but I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot Sony, um, Sony Michelle's look great in his absence, by the way. Yeah. Have you all seen the block where the guy came in trying yeah. to get the ball and Sonny Michelle took him out of the air? I did. Yeah, yep. man. That was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I like the Rams in this one. I have been completely pessimistic with the Cardinals just because of Lake, just to make him feel bad about himself because everyone likes to make me feel bad about Pittsburgh. So it's, it's just engraved in my mind to hate the Cardinals and think they suck, even though they're not bad. But give me the Rams in this one. Real Good quick, Hen Henderson did practice yesterday. Okay. So um, I think he he's on track to play this week. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, even so, though, I mean, Daryl Henderson has never been anything too spectacular. And neither has Sony and Michelle so far, like stepping in. But I really liked what I – because I picked up Sony Michelle in one of my fantasy leagues, so I was keeping a – particular eye on him he looked really good stepping in for Daryl Henderson so a little bit of a running back by committee potential there in LA yeah they all right they they, they miss Cam Akers to say the least oh yeah 100 I miss Cam Akers just as a football fan <laughs> for sure for sure so good stuff all right let's dive into our next game on the slates and that is Seahawks at the 49ers in the four o'clock window Seahawks are sitting at one and two right now. Very disappointing for the Seahawks. Very interesting start for them. And this game means a lot. I mean, they need to start to win. Uh, and the 49ers are sitting at two and one. Very solid. Very solid. Things to watch in this game for me, I think it's pretty obvious. Can the Seahawks defense get it together? I mean, it's been pretty bad so far this year. They've allowed 26.3 points per game so far. And that is against the Colts the Titans and the Vikings who, I mean, I might be speaking out of, out of term here, but aren't exactly electric offenses to say the least. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty dismal on the Seattle defensive side. So wonder if they could step it up in this game against not again, another non super high powered offense in the 49ers, but honestly, probably better than the Colts Vikings and Titans. I mean, might be a hot take, but also things to watch 
Is Brandon Ayuk finally out of the doghouse is the question. It appeared a little bit so in the game against Green Bay. He had four catches on six targets, 37 yards, and a beautiful ball thrown by Jimmy G in the end zone for a touchdown. So I'm wondering if Brandon Ayuk can get more involved because me and Jaden were talking about the other day. Like Debo Samuel is not a deep threat. That's not what he does. I mean, I saw a stat the other day like, he has caught – I can't – I'm paraphrasing here, but he has caught some of the most balls under five yards and accumulated so many yards after that. Like, he's one of the best yards after catch guys in the league. He doesn't go downfield and get the deep threat, but he'll go and stop on a dime five yards in and maybe even behind the line of scrimmage and go with the ball and take it. But – you need that deep threat if you want to be serious contenders and Brandon Ayuk can be that guy. So if they really want to get Jimmy G going in that offense, get Brandon Ayuk involved, then get George Kittle involved a little bit more, please. Dear God. Um, so yeah, that's my things to watch in this game. Jaden, what you got? Uh, yeah, I think though Seattle's like one and two record kind of lies because this, they have played three, legitimate i mean indy is kind of falling out of playoff contention but this is three borderline playoff teams that they've played so far and i don't think anyone in the league has had a gauntlet like this for three straight weeks to start the season i wouldn't call this a gauntlet it's not a gauntlet but it's probably the hardest schedule that any team has faced so far Hmm. i mean i don't have the i don't have the like the schedules up with me right now vikings have played vikings played the Bengals, cardinals and seahawks oh See that? Are you putting the Bengals in front of Indy? Got the got the three and yeah, one. I'm You're putting first. Bengals in front of Indy after. Yeah, tonight. yeah. Indy, Indy's zero and three. They they are virtually out of the. It was I said it's like six teams yeah. since 1980 have made the playoffs starting zero and three. They're, they're out. Well, regardless, I still have faith in Seattle. I still have faith in Russell Wilson. It's not let let Russ cook season is not over yet. We're not no. like week seven, week six yet. We're not there. And he's been phenomenal so far this year. He hasn't thrown one pick. He's thrown, I believe it's like seven touchdowns. And he's looked awesome so far. But, the, like, keeping has, up with that he, defense is the problem. He has the number one passer rating in football at 133.6. But Seattle knew that this, this defense was going to be the issue. They didn't really do anything to address it this offseason other than extend Jamal Adams. They didn't have a first-round pick. Because of Jamal Adams. They don't have so, one next year because they, of Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's why you have to pay a guy like that because otherwise you're giving two first round picks to let a guy, he's off your team by the time you get your picks back. So, th- this defense is the same as it was last year. It was the same thing that held them back last year. It's probably going to be the same thing that holds them back all throughout the regular season. It's going to come back to bite them when they have to face one of these Rams, Bucks cardinals in the playoffs and they just can't score enough points as good as russ dk and lockett are but i don't think that's going to be a problem this week san francisco's offense is not one that i'm afraid of even against even with this horrible Seattle. you are afraid of the colts offense no i'm just saying that the colts are solid okay the 49ers are better than the colts but they are solid team anyway yeah, this is not one. Even though they did give the Packers 28 last week, I don't expect that happening again just because they 
it just didn't feel very convincing. Yeah, no. I think like under the, the lights of Sunday Night Football, I think it was a little tainted, yeah. you know. I think they felt like they needed to put it. And against Green Bay, a terrible defense. So, yeah. And I, I don't have the lines or whatever, but I think I'm going to be taking Seattle on this one. Hey, hey, hey. No spoilers. No spoilers. Tyler, what you looking for in this game? I mean, we're sitting here, you know, not really talking about how good the 49ers are, but they're one thirty-seven second miracle from Aaron Rodgers away from being 3-0. I know that they played the Eagles. I know that they played uh, the Lions as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're that close to being 3-0. And, you know, 3-0 is 3-0. You only can play the teams that are on your schedule. A um, couple of things. Seahawks have been outscored 33-6 to in overtime in the second half in the last two games. So, it's – their defense has played well in the first half, but – down the stretch they've been atrocious they have not been good and like you said Russ can only do so much um and it hasn't been there in the second half um their defense is allowed or, or against Minnesota they allowed 453 total yards which is an abundance of yards um this San is a Fran, Vikings fan speaking I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> San Fran was averaging 124 yards on the ground the first two games last week only 67 are the injuries at running back maybe catching up to them Mm-hmm. We'll see, you know, we'll see what Trey Sermon can do this week. Um, Lockett is fourth in receiving yards uh, in the entire NFL. Debo Samuel is second. Um, so that's wow. something else that, you know, it works for Kyle Shanahan. He knows how to use Debo Samuel and it's working right now. Um, but yeah, you know, Russ has been playing typical football. I, 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 once again, this is the gauntlet that is the NFC West. If Seattle loses this game and goes to one and three, I don't think they have any shot at winning this division. I really I agree. Um, if they can get back to two and two, I think they're back right back in it. Um, San Fran, if they jump to three and one, they're right in the thick of it as well. So huge game, both these games between the Cardinals and Rams and the 49ers and Seahawks have huge, not only implications right now, but down the road when we're looking at week 16, 17, 18, uh, when we're looking at what the schedules are, what the records are, what the scenarios are, this is the type of game. These are the type of games that you have to win. Uh, 49ers being at home, they've almost got to win this game. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to, not going to, say anything else past that except for can jimmy g win the big game that's the question yep and we talked a lot about jimmy g on the last podcast with mitchell and i'm not too fond of jimmy g i think he's a little bit of a scaredy cat especially in that green bay game but all right let's dive into the spread the money line and our picks for this game the spread is 49ers minus two and a half and for the money lines for this game 49ers minus 150, Seattle plus 130. My pick for this game, I'm taking Seattle. I just like, I wasn't convinced enough from what I saw from the 49ers on Sunday night football against the Packers. And like you said, crappy schedule, they could barely beat the Lions. So I'm taking Seattle. I think they they bounce back. Their defense starts to get it together. I'm taking Seattle on the spread and the money line. Tyler? Yeah, I'm not even going to touch the spread. I'm just going straight Seahawks money line. Um, I know, I, I, I know they're. I think they're they're plus two and a half, right? Yeah, forty uh, ers minus two and a half, plus two and a half. So. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so actually, so actually, it's virtually a toss up game. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go with the Seahawks on the money line. Um, I think Seahawks win this by five to seven points is what I would say. I think it's going to be close. I think San Fran's D is going to keep them in the game. I think the crowd's going to keep them in the game, but I think at the end, yeah, give me, give me Russ over Jimmy G. I, I love Shanahan. Um, I, 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 I'm not the biggest Pete Carroll guy. Um, and I think Shanahan probably has the edge there, but I'll take the quarterback in this situation. Yep. 
Me too. Me too. Jaden? Yeah, I'm with Tyler. Give me Seattle. I think this is a big game, like you were saying. If they lose this game, they might be out of the division. And they play – pretty sure they play the Rams on a short week next week. So if they yep. drop this game and then they go have to play the Rams on a short week, they drop the one and four, they might be out of the playoffs at that point because you've still got to face the Cardinals twice. You've got to face the Rams again and the 49ers again. This is a very important game because, you know, the Rams game, they're not exactly favored in that, especially on a short week. They've got to win this game. I think everybody on the team knows that. So give me Seattle. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Should be a hell of a game, though. Should be a hell of a game. Okay. Well, that does it for that game. But let's dive into the next game that we have. And that is Ravens at the Broncos, also in the four o'clock window. Actually, 4:30. I lied, but you know, same difference. Um, Ravens are sitting at two and one right now. Uh, Broncos are sitting at a surprising three and oh, but I guess not too surprising considering who they've played so far. But I mean, still one of the three, only three and O teams remaining. So it'll be a good game to watch. Things to watch for me personally in this game. Can the Broncos keep doing what they're doing and keep rolling? I mean, the Broncos are three and O for the first time since 2016. Um, their defense looks as advertised so far this year. Second least rushing yards allowed, only 178 total on the year. Um, third least passing yards allowed so far this year. And Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, former Minnesota Viking. Looks pretty – I mean, I wouldn't say, like, great. Um, I would say he looks pretty good, pretty serviceable so far this year. I mean, he's got Aaron 27 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, pretty pretty efficient. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Broncos can keep rolling past the Ravens in this one at home in mile high. Uh, also, things to watch, who's, Lamar favorite, who's Lamar's favorite target going to be in this game? Um, I think it'll be interesting to watch that just because – Hollywood had three drops last week um, between any quarterback and wide receiver. That's going to, I mean, maybe it's a little different for Hollywood and Lamar considering their relationship, but I mean, any receiver that drops three balls tend to, it tends to see less targets in the next game. Um, you even saw it in this game or the last game that the Ravens played. Mark Andrews had a hundred yards for the first time this year. Um, so maybe Mark Andrews starts to get more involved in this game. And um also want to mention Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's got a combined 22 targets this year, which is one less than Hollywood, who leads the team in targets so far this year. So, I mean, Sammy has looked like one of Lamar's. I mean, there's not a lot of great receiving options in Baltimore. Let's not lie about that. But, I mean, he's going to Sammy, going to Mark, and maybe he'll keep going to Hollywood. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, what target he decides to make his favorite in this game. Tyler, I'll throw it to you. What you looking for? Yeah, um, I mean, I know we like Sammy Watkins on that fourth and nineteen play. Um, so <laughs> that probably that that'll, that will bring a smile to a lot of uh, Ravens fans. But um, yeah, this is going to be a great game. Um, I think it's going to be a quick game because I think both teams are just going to run the ball a lot. Um, Baltimore averages one hundred eighty-five point three yards per game on the ground, first in the NFL. Nothing new with them and their game plan, even going through three running backs now they're on their fourth i believe um so i don't think much is going to change there denver is giving up 8.6 points a game 
Uh, now I know, like we said, that they have not faced the, the stiffest of competition, very similar to like Carolina in that sense, where they haven't really faced mm-hmm. a, a hard team and now they are facing a difficult team this week. And, you know, it's Broncos once again, like Carolina haven't faced a lot of adversity. So when they go down, if they go down this week or when they face some adversity, how are they going to handle that? You know, I, I know that they lost Judy and I know that they lost uh, Chubb and that is adversity in its own, but during and KJ games, Hamler out for the year and, and Hamler as well. So they've, they've had some adversity on that end. Von Miller, um, you know, he's going to hold down the defense. He's got four sacks this year. Uh, Teddy is 11th in football uh, in passing yards uh, through the first three weeks, which like you said, game manager, uh, that's what he does. And, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, the Ravens offense gives up 314.7 uh, yards per game, which is 30th in football. So the Broncos have got some some holes there on the Baltimore defense. I know that their defensive line is going to get some guys back this week, which can definitely help them out. Uh, but this is going to be a great game. One thing real quick that I think can be the difference in this game is special teams. DuVernay leads the NFL with 17.9 punt return yards on average. So that is something to keep in mind that that could play a big factor in what is perceived as a, going to be a very close game. Yeah, good stuff. Jaden, what you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for Lamar and his bounce back game. This was like, you know, may not be his fault, but he didn't have the best game last week. He had two touchdowns that were dropped by Hollywood. Uh, Rashad Bateman is also back at practice this week. And I don't know if he'll be playing on Sunday or not, but he is definitely back at practice. So I'm going to take whatever happens this game and form my opinion on Rashad Bateman and either <laughs> – you know, laugh in Caden's face or wallow in my own stupidity. Um, I'm also looking for when is Javante Williams going to win the Broncos starting running back job? I just, I want to see it happen. I want Melvin Gordon to just be (laughs) sat. Let's get it over with. I want Javante Williams to have the starting job. I think he's going to be great once he gets it. And is any Broncos is like Noah fan. Is somebody else going to step up because Cortland Sutton's going to be, Islanded off by Marlon pretty much all game. So who's going to step up for Denver in the passing game? Like Tim Patrick. Yeah. I was about to say Tim Patrick, like hopefully. um, But I think they're going to have to score points because I, as good as Denver's defense has been, I think the Ravens are not happy that they only beat the lions by two points last week. Tim Patrick also wanted to mention, um, I saw this stat on Twitter today, actually he is caught. I now, I might be wrong on this. I'm pretty sure this is what the stat said, but a hundred plus catches without a drop so far. There yeah. you go. That's a reliable um, receiver uh, yeah. for sure. Wow. I didn't, I did not realize that. Yeah. I mean, Tim Patrick, maybe he's that guy that, that steps up for Denver. Who knows? Um, I, I think that the altitude is definitely going to play a factor as well um, in this game. Mile high has been there for a game and it's, it's a wild atmosphere and, you know, you're sucking for air the whole time you're there. So um, that's going to be interesting to watch in its own to see with a running game like the Ravens have. We're going to see those oxygen tanks on the sideline. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And I apologize to all of our listeners that uh, may have started Javante Williams last week. Um, I know he had <laughs> we a have, touchdown. We have plenty of apologies to hand out. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. We- <laughs> he had a touchdown, which was, which was great. But then he had a late fumble in the game, which – is probably going to put that uh, as far as him taking over the reins as the, the number one running back, that's going to put that on hold for a little while. <laughs> he, he looks better than Melvin, in my opinion, but um, I'm a little bit biased as well. Um, but I, I think by the end of the season, he will be there, but uh, this is definitely a setback uh, after fumbling late last week. 
Yeah. I was yeah, just going to say, I think your uh, Mike Williams take may have uh, may have overshadowed any bad takes that you had for the week because you might have won some people some money. Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams. Mike, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert connection was was on fire last week. Uh, I, I did like both of those starts. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he can't hit them all, I guess you can say. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think Javante can have a decent game. But I think like I, I think they get Brandon Williams back and uh, Justin Matabuke. Yeah, Is that right? Matabuke. OK, uh, <laughs> I think they get the same thing. I think I think they get both of those guys back, uh, which is definitely going to shore up that defensive line and then make it a little bit more difficult for Denver to run because, you know, they're going to try and force Teddy to throw. And if you've got, like you said, Humphrey on Sutton, it's going to have to be Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, those guys stepping up for Denver to uh, to win this game. Yeah, definitely. Good talk. Good talk. Let's dive into the spread and the money line for this game. Denver is favored by minus one. What a spread. <laughs> um, money line for this game, Baltimore minus 105, Denver minus 115. And I'll go ahead with my, fa- uh, my pick to lead it off. I'm taking Denver on the spread and the money line. I think it couldn't be more clear that the Ravens are a running team and they rely primarily on that. But I mean, if any defense is going to stop that kind of run, it's going to be Denver. So I think Denver's kind of sneaky pick here. I'm taking Denver on. And not to mention the Ravens won a very lucky game against the Lions last week. They should have lost that game, obviously. So, yeah, give me Denver on the spread and the money line. Tyler? Um, I'm going to actually go with the Ravens in this game. I think they've got enough on offense and enough on defense. I think they're going to channel in some, some old school Ravens defense in this, in this game. I think Wink Martindale is going to have a very good game plan ready to go for Teddy. Um, and, and I think that Greg Roman's going to do his thing on the offensive side of the ball, be able to control the clock, run the ball. Once again, I, I haven't seen Denver being faced with much adversity. I mean, they've played, uh, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. I mean, those teams combined record, I believe, is 0-9. Uh, well, 0-10 now with the yeah. Jags losing tonight. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Um, I think that they, they're going to have enough to pull through and win this game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, though, uh, with the clock being controlled, with the defenses, I think, showing up in this game. Uh, expect a low-scoring game, but uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. Good stuff, good stuff. And I also didn't mention – this is this game is at mile high too, as you mentioned. So I think the Ravens might struggle a little bit with that for sure. Um, Jaden, what you got? Yeah, I got Baltimore too. This is a team that I can't get over. This was a team that I had over Buffalo, over every other team in in the AFC, other than Kansas City coming into the year. I really liked what they were going to do, and then obviously the running backs and Marcus Peters happened, but. Nonetheless, this was a team that I still had and still do have high expectations for. There's an argument that they should be 3-0, and there's an argument that they should be 0-3. So it's really hard to kind of figure out what team Baltimore is but or how good of a team Baltimore is. But I don't like Denver. I, I think they're building something nice, but Teddy Bridgewater isn't the guy right now. Like, he's, he's doing just enough, but – Doing just enough against Jacksonville and the Giants and the Jets is much different than doing just enough against the Baltimore Ravens. And I think the Ravens yeah, I, I think this is a, a, a game that you're, you're playing a class up in competition uh, if you're the Broncos, like you said. And it's very similar to with Carolina, you know, now playing the Cowboys. Um, I think both those games, those un, two undefeated teams are now playing a much more, uh, I guess you can say, postseason expectation type of teams. Um, and, and it's going to, 
it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, if the Ravens can control the clock with the run game or if Denver's going to shut it down and, and vice versa on the other end, is Teddy going to make some big throws and win the game? So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Jaden. Good stuff. Good analysis there. All right, let's hop into the primetime game on Sunday night football, which should be a doozy. Not as far as the physical teams going at it, but the storyline behind this game obviously is unbeatable. We have the Buccaneers at the Patriots. Buccaneers sitting at two and one, Patriots sitting at one and two, but that's a little less of a story. The things to watch in this game, Tom Brady is back in New England for the first time since going to Tampa Bay. And he's back in New England to break the passing record, or at least he looks like he's on pace to do it. He's 67 yards away from Drew Brees on the all-time passing yards list. He would take the number one spot if he passes Drew Brees here. Brees is sitting at 80,000. 80, I was thinking about this when I put together. 80,000 yards. Like, think about that. Like, Remarkable. even if a quarterback throws for 5,000 yards every single season, that's – Oh, my math. My math isn't that great. Look at our college student. 16, 16 seasons. Oh, I was just going to see if Kane can figure it out by himself. <laughs> it's just mind boggling that these guys have played for this long. Like to be able to play at such a high level for so long. I mean, hats off. But anyway, Brady is sitting at 80. Well, Drew Brees is sitting at 80,358 yards. Brady is sitting at 80,291 yards. So I wanted to throw this question out there for fun. In what quarter, and I'm sure there's some parlays going on with this, in what quarter does Tom Brady break the record and to what receiver? Tyler, I'll start with you. Um, I think he breaks the record to Antonio Brown. That's going to be my go-to. Um, I think he's going to be peppering him with targets. Kind of a, a revenge game for Antonio Brown as well. Um, you know, he played in, in New England for – I think a season, maybe a couple games. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a revenge game on both fronts. You've also got Gronk. I think the record breaker to Gronk would be a better storyline. Uh, but mm -hmm. my prediction would be to Antonio Brown. A um, couple things with this game. Brady is 151 and eight when his team scores 30 plus points. And when they score 35 or more points, he's 92 and 0. So if they do get to that 30 point, um, you know, marker, expect the the bucks to win that game um the patriots are 59 and 18 since the nfc realignment in 2002 against nfc teams and bill belichick is five and one against tampa so uh both brady's gonna know what belichick's doing belichick's gonna know what brady's doing so you can put that as a wash right there and it's gonna come down to the playmakers i think the bucks have got too many um and i expect them to win this game but uh it's it's just gonna be great to watch for the storyline for sure oh yeah good stuff uh, Jaden, in what quarter does Tom Brady break the record and to what receiver? How many yards is he behind? Did you? 67. Oh, first quarter. Uh, Gronk second first... quarter, my bad. I forgot to say the quarter. Oh, second yeah. quarter for me. Give me Gronk in the first quarter, if, as long, especially if they get the ball first, because they'll probably be able to possess the ball at least twice if they get the ball first. Um, yeah, like Tyler was saying, they've got way too many playmakers. The Bucks do. And the Patriots have next to none. Damian Harris is going to be pretty much X'd out in this game because of that Bucks run defense. And Jacoby Myers is not something that scares me. The Bucks team is just so much better than New England's. And honestly, like, like you said, 
the storyline precedes this game. This game is not something that take and take away the Belichick and the Brady talk. This this probably doesn't even make Sunday Night Football. This is one that I'm you know if I wasn't watching this pod or if I wasn't doing this podcast and needed to have the analysis on it, I would have watched the first quarter with all the opening intro and stuff, and I wanted to watch them shake hands at the end of it, and that would probably be it. Because I think this could get really ugly. I don't think New England has enough to stop the Bucks. So you can't tell who I'm picking. <laughs> I mean, it should be pretty clear to everybody. But another storyline in this game that I wanted to mention, I mean, it's out with the old and in with the new in New England. I mean, you got the new guy on the block in Mac Jones, you know, like almost Brady-esque, like new quarterback, rookie. Like yeah, Belichick is showing – Tom Brady, like what the future is going to look like. Like it's, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Mac Jones so far this year, 737 yards, two touchdowns and three picks, but all three of those picks were thrown in the New Orleans game. So kind of taints him there. But uh, Brady obviously having a hell of a, a hell of a year so far, uh, over a thousand yards already, 10 touchdowns would lead, uh, leads the league and uh, only two picks. So yeah, I think that's, that'll be fun to watch. I mean, out with the old and win the new. Um, the spread for this game, Tampa Bay minus seven. Money line, Tampa Bay minus 320. Uh, New England plus 250. And if it, da-na-na, da-na-na, shocker here, I'm taking Tampa Bay on the spread and the money line. Tyler? Um, if you're going to take Tampa Bay on the spread, I would take them now while they're at seven. Uh, 98% of the tickets, meaning the public is heavy right now on the Bucks minus seven. 98% of the tickets coming into sports books are for the bucks minus seven, which makes me think that that line's going to get up to seven and a half. And that half is a key number. If it gets up to seven and a half, I'm actually going to take the Patriots. If it stays at seven, I'll probably stick with the bucks. Um, Brady's five and zero oh against the spread following loss with the bucks. Uh, so that's a very key stat to keep in mind that every time that he's lost with the bucks, come back the next week and beat the shit out of a team basically what that says um so right now i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the bucks minus seven but if it does get up to that seven and a half uh don't be scared to, to hop on the patriots and maybe get a backdoor touchdown good stuff good stuff Jaden. what you got uh yeah that just what tyler just said just fuels the argument of tom brady is pissed because he just lost and he's pissed because he had he's going up against the guy that basically held him captive in new england for two or three years at least of what we know of and what are the odds that this is like the most viewed regular season game in however long? I feel like the, the storyline in this is kind of kind of crazy. And like I said, it precedes the game itself. But yeah, give me the Bucks by a lot. <laughs> Good analysis. I like it. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's hop into less of a storyline game, but a better football game in general on Monday night football. And that is the Raiders at the Chargers. The Raiders sitting at three and zero right now, looking pretty solid. And the Chargers are sitting at two and one. Things to watch in this game. Personally, the Raiders face their first big test in the Chargers this week. Um, the Raiders wins so far have come against the Ravens. All right. All right. I guess I'm throwing slander on the Raiders. So, all right. right. I guess I'm just a yeah, slander. And the Steelers. I guess. Yeah. And at the Steelers. The Steelers, man, like. Still an away game in Heinz Field. It's still a difficult environment. I mean, the Steelers yeah, are still the Steelers. Shut the fuck up. Ooh. Yeah. You see this? You see this? There's six. 
There's six on there. <laughs> I know There's my viewers can't there. see, or my viewers. I know the viewers can't see, but Kane just flashed a fake Super Bowl ring in my face from I. What year? Hmm. 2008. When was yours? 1984, 1985, something like that. Hey, new name, new was team. That, baby. Was that the last time you guys won a playoff game? <laughs> or... <laughs> new name, new team. Hey, man, we won the we won the division not so long ago. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. We've had we've had less losing seasons than you guys have had playoff wins in the last twenty. We're years. We're not going to get into this. Come on. We will get it. I will get it right now. <laughs> you you kept the Steelers off the slate, man. We uh, uh, of course I kept the Steelers off this slate. God, they've looked god awful this year. Yeah, and I'm not throwing Washington football team on the slate. God, God willing. Vikings, Browns, come on. Vikings, Browns, not make it. There's a lot of good, lot lot of good games this week. Yeah, there is a lot of good games this week. Come on, but we'll we'll get our tidbits in. Yeah, each of us will get our tidbits in for our for our teams. Of course, of course, but. I guess the Ravens don't – or the Ravens. Got the Ravens on the brain now. But the Raiders, I guess they're not facing their first big test, but, like, their first uh, pretty solidly winning team. I All right, I guess that's not even true. Whatever. Whatever, man. They're facing a stiff division test. Yeah, there we the go. Chargers. I like the ring of that. I like the sound of that. Also, things to watch in this game for me – uh, Chargers defense versus Derek Carr. Believe it or not, the Chargers defense has looked great so far this year. They're a top seven defense against the pass, and Derek Carr has been killing it. He's got 1,200 yards, which is leads the league, six touchdowns and two interceptions. So Derek Carr doing pretty solid so far this year, and he faced a solid test in the Chargers defense. And he did face a solid test in the Ravens defense and the Steelers defense. Okay. All right. All right. Um, also, the Raiders defense faces their first quote unquote real quarterback. All right. Because <laughs> the Raiders have played Lamar, they played Ben Roethlisberger, and he's played Jacoby Brissett. So, are we calling those elite quarterbacks? Are you trying to tell me that Ben Roethlisberger Lamar is an elite, is an elite Lamar, quarterback? Lamar. Lamar is an elite quarterback. More Lamar's oh, got an Lamar. MVP. Lamar's got an real. MVP. Real quarterbacks here. We're talking about. Like we're Taylor not talking Heineke, about right? playmakers here. Like Taylor Heineke, we're not talking right? about taking off the title quarterback and make calling him a playmaker here, man. Still we're an elite quarterbacks. quarterbacks. He's an MVP, dude. I'll put it to you like this: Out of the three of us, would you want Lamar on your team? I would like Lamar. Okay, on my team. there we sure. go. There we go. That's what makes a quarterback elite in my t- in my opinion is when you can sit. I would want him on my team over Cousins. I mean. At this point in his career, you probably want him. I would rather have Kirk Cousins on my team than Lamar, though. But anyway, faces his first real quarterback. Uh, Debate that as you may. But um, Justin Herbert is definitely a real fucking quarterback. I mean, he has – he's playing great so far this year. He's fourth in passing yards, six touchdowns and three interceptions. And the stats don't really speak for what he's done so far this year. I mean, he just looks phenomenal. Um. Yeah, that's what I am looking for in this game. Tyler, what you got? Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a great Monday night football game. Um, Derek Hart was also just named uh, AFC Player of the Month for the oh. month of September. Um, he, like you said, he leads the league in passing. He's got his team 3-0. I talked about the charisma that he's got, um, how he overtakes the locker room, and he's been able to do it all season. 
Uh, I mentioned last week that they were trying to go three and zero for the or two and zero. They were two and zero for the first time that they won the Super Bowl in two thousand two, and now they're three and zero. So they just keep adding to that. And Vegas leads the league with four hundred and seventy one yards a game. Chargers come in at ninth with three hundred ninety four yards a game. So it's gonna should be a, a shootout. It should be a high scoring game. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator for the Chargers last year, and now he's with the Raiders. So he played Herbert a lot in practice last year. So I think Gus Bradley might have uh, some defensive schemes, I guess you can say, up his sleeve for this game. I think, um, you know, I, I think the Chargers probably have a little bit more offensive power. Once again, you know, we talked about who's going to step up for the Raiders in the passing game. Ruggs, Renfro, Edwards, outside of Waller. Um, and it's going to be interesting. And then the running back shuffle that's going on right now is Jacobs healthy. Is it going to be Barber? Is it going to be Drake? It looks like it's probably Barber, but who knows? So that's a lot to kind of keep in mind as well uh, with the Raiders. But overall, great Monday night football game on our hands and uh, both teams coming off, you know, good wins. Obviously, the Raiders snuck away with the win against uh, Miami and um, the, the Chargers went to, to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. So two teams coming off some, some big, nice momentum wins, and it'll be interesting to, to see what they got to put on the table on Monday night. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned the running game. Uh, Mitchell mentioned it last week. Uh, the Chargers are one of the worst defenses against the run. So if Oakland can get that running game going and get some – Yeah, you're right. God, I do that <laughs> all the time. Good Lord. But – if Las Vegas, ooh, big and go. fancy, yeah. But um, if Las Vegas can get that running game going, get Josh Jacobs going if he's healthy, um, get Peyton Barber going, get Kenyon Drake going, whoever it is. But if they can get it going, then, I mean, they stand a chance in this one. Jaden, what you got? Um, I don't. I didn't like the Raiders coming into the season, so seeing them start three and zero was like okay. Um, and. Their main concern, at least for me anyway, was their defense. They don't have any great defenders on their team. Casey Hayward is probably the best player on that defense. Hey, Max, Max, Crosby. Crosby, Max Crosby, Max Crosby, sorry. I, I was going through their possession groups in my head and hit edge rushers last. Uh, they've looked great so far, but they have been playing a turnstile of Alejandro Villanueva, our offensive line, and the Dolphins' offensive line. So put it a little bit into context and the defense that looked so good against Baltimore and Pittsburgh allowed Jacoby Brissett to get 25 points last week and take this team to overtime. I think they're finally coming back down to earth. And I think the Raiders are also coming back down to earth and they're now catching a super, I wouldn't say hot, but I mean, you're coming off of a win against Kansas city and you almost beat Dallas. You have a legit argument to be three and zero right now. No, I'm putting the Chargers in my top ten right now. Yeah, I mean, with the how they've looked in my so top, far. like eight or seven. I yeah. would, I would. I, so I looked at it um, earlier today. The Chiefs are minus one hundred five to win in the division. So if you're going to take the Chiefs to win the division, now is the time to do it because you're not going to get them at this bet, this good odds the rest of the way. But the other team that I really liked is is the Chargers. They were plus four hundred to win the division, and and I kind of like that a lot. Um, I think that what they've got between their quarterback, their receivers, their offensive line, their defense, uh, I love Staley as a coach too. If they can get their kicking game figured out, the Chargers are going to be very, very good, and they've got a, a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, let's hop into the spread and the money lines for this game. Uh, Chargers are favored by three, so it's Chargers minus three. 
Um, on the money line, it's Chargers minus 170, Vegas plus 145. And I'll go ahead with my pick. I'm taking the Chargers on the spread and the money line. Tyler? Yeah, I already took Chargers um, earlier this week at the three. Um, I think that, in my opinion, that might be the best bet of the week um, is the Chargers minus three. I think that they should win this game um, by about 10 to 14 points. I think that the Raiders are going to have a turnover or two, which they haven't really had much of so far this season, uh, especially in crucial times. So I think that, yeah, Jaden talked about them coming back down to earth. I think this is kind of a wake-up call for the Raiders uh, that – they're not, in my opinion, not the best team in this division. Good stuff. Jaden? Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers on the spread and the money line. I like the Chargers. I like a lot of what they've brought together. Rashawn Slater looks like he might be the best draft pick of this draft. And Asante Samuel looks like, as far as where he was picked goes, he might be the second best draft pick in this draft. So they're bringing all the pieces together. Herbert has looked great. He's... I can't say he's a dark horse anymore, but he's definitely behind Kyler. He's definitely behind Stafford. I've seen some people have him behind Derek Carr, which there's an argument, but I'm, I'm not buying it. And <laughs> you'll see why on Monday night, because the Chargers are going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. There you go. There you go. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. All right. Let's uh, quickly run through the rest of the games that we have on Sunday. And, well, we already covered the Monday game, but all the games that we have coming up on Sunday. Uh, Washington at Atlanta. Washington is favored by minus one. I'm taking Washington despite the terrible <laughs> performance. by one? Yep. <laughs> but I did see on Twitter that um, one of the Washington beat reporters was uh, at practice a lot this week, and he said that the Washington football team defenses realizes that they need to turn it on now or they are going to lose every single game this year. So I like, I like to hear that at least some motivation. Yeah. So Washington minus one, I'm taking Washington. Jaden. Yeah. Give me Washington. I don't get that. Slap that smile off your face. I don't don't feel, I don't feel confident about it though, because their defense has been sputtering so far and they're facing a team that is, I mean, it's terrible. (laughs) And they're only favored by one. But Atlanta is supposed to score a lot of points. That's what they're going to do if they're going to beat you. And, you know, if this defense continues to sputter and we see a big day out of Calvin Ridley or maybe even Kyle Pitts, this could get real bad for Washington. Okay. Nice. Tyler? This is a a must win for Washington uh, if they want to keep pace with with Dallas in the division. Um, I, you know, both these teams, their lone win was against the Giants on a field goal. Um, you know, the, the Falcons won that game last week. It's, it is virtually a toss up. I, I don't mean that lightly. Um, I understand that there's been talks at practice of the Washington defense hopefully turning the corner. It, it remains to be seen. I'll see it when I believe it. Uh, that's kind of how I am with their defense right now because the first uh, three weeks of the season, it has not looked what it was last year by any means. We talk about Chase Young and how he's kind of been non-existent so far this year. He's got to take some control. I know he's only in the second year, but sometimes you got to step in and take a veteran role as a youngster. So I, I think Washington wins, um, but – it's, it's going to be a close game. I think Washington wins on a field goal. Uh, I did want to mention, I forgot to mention this on the last pod. This is a defense that, despite last year, 
They are all very young players, and they have a lot of guys that are new into the mix this year. I mean, not a lot of guys that are new into the mix this year, but very young defense. Landon Collins didn't play at all last year. We have Landon Collins back. Willie Jackson is a new addition for us. So I think maybe we're still trying to figure out how that's going to work. But that's just me making up excuses to make my feel, make myself feel better. So, also, right, let's... Quick, quick question though: Has I haven't? Uh, this is not even me being an asshole. Has Jamin Davis been playing? I I don't. Yeah, know. he's honestly been the standout on our team so far. I'm not gonna lie, and we needed that on that linebacker core. So. All right. Next game on the slate is Houston at Buffalo. Buffalo spread is minus 16 and a half. Uh, I will go. I'll take I'll take. uh, Yeah, I'll take Houston on the spread. Why not? Tyler? I mean, if it gets up to that 17, once again, that's a a good football number. Um, You know, I I would be inclined to take. the, the the Texans end, but really and truly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Bills here. I think the Bills after they lost Week One was kind of a wake up call, and they've kind of beat the crap out of the Dolphins. And no offense, but the Washington Football Team the last two weeks. So I think that the Bills have kind of turned that corner, and they're gonna put a beat down on Davis Mills this week. I, I don't think this is gonna yeah. be a pretty game by any means. Yep, Jaden. Yeah, this is gonna be ugly. Give me the Bills by a lot. Good stuff. Uh, Lions at the Bears. Bears are favored by minus three. Uh, give me the Lions in this one just because of how terrible the quarterback situation is in Chicago right now. And the Lions have been looking pretty solid so far. So, Tyler? Yeah, uh, other than the Seahawks, um, this is my my top underdog bet of the week uh, is the Lions uh, on the money line. Uh, you can take the three if you want, but I think they win this game. They've shown mm-hmm. more heart. You know, the Bears, it, what, what have the Bears done at one and two that's better than the Lions at 0 and three? I've seen more from the Lions than I've seen from the Bears this season. And I think the, the Lions with their coach have just a little bit more heart. And I don't like Matt Nagy. I don't trust Matt Nagy. I don't either. They're not going to trust him in this game either. Yep. Good stuff. Jaden? Yeah. Speaking of Matt Nagy, there's been, I don't know if it was internal or what happened, how it got out, but apparently there's a solid chance that if Matt Nagy loses this game, he has lost his job. So, this is, this is a put-up-or-shut-up game for both Matt Nagy and kind of Justin Fields, too, because, you know, albeit it's not entirely his fault, but he, he looked awful last week. So yep. I'm going to take the Bears in this one because, you know, the Lions' defense is nothing to call home about at all, and they won't be facing Miles Garrett like they were last week. I think Justin Fields has a little bit more time to get into adjust. This would have been the game where you bring Justin Fields in if you were in an ideal world. But give me the Bears in this one. I think the Lions have looked a lot better on defense than you give them credit for. On paper, it looks really bad, especially agree, losing but... Okuda. But uh, as a football team, they've looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Indianapolis at Miami. Miami's favored by minus two. Um, I don't know. Give me Miami in this one. Played the Raiders close. Tyler? This is a stinker of a game, too. Um, Jacoby Brissett revenge game uh, going on this week. I am <laughs> going to go with the Colts in this game. I think that they're finally going to get a win. I know that they're 0-3 right now. They're too good of a team to be 0-3. We've talked about it a little bit earlier on in, in, in this podcast, and uh, I, I think they're going to scratch and claw and somehow find a way to win this game. But this is not a, a game that I'm going to be keened in on, to say the least, on Sunday afternoon. No, sir. No, sir. Jaden? Yeah, I wouldn't watch this game if it was the only thing on, but give me the Colts because I don't like the Dolphins and 
I, the Colts are too good to be owned for. So, got you. Uh, Cleveland at Minnesota. Your Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Tyler North. Uh, Cleveland is favored by minus two. Um, give me Cleveland in this game. I really think Baker's starting to put it together, and OBJ's back, and he looked great in the last game. So, yeah, Tyler. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back on the Vikings bandwagon now, baby. After beating the Seahawks <laughs> last week, I mean, we've got some momentum rolling into this game. I know Cleveland's look good, but, uh, you know, they, they could beat the Reno if it wasn't for a drop punt. Uh, but other than that, they've played the Texans and, uh, and the Bears. And I think the Vikings are a little bit step up. I think the Vikings could beat the Reno. A couple plays here and there, they could definitely be right there. So I don't think the one and two record really shows who the Vikings are. Biased opinion, definitely. <laughs> Um, but I, I absolutely love us in this game. I think that we can control the running game and, um, I don't, it, I know Odell is going to be playing, but I think Jarvis is out again. I don't trust the Cleveland receivers, um, in this game. And I think the Vikings are going to do just enough to, to pull out a close one. I like it. I like it, Jaden. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Jarvis is on short-term IR. So yeah. He's, yeah. Um, this is tough. Because I do like Minnesota. I like what they have going on. Me too. Me too, man. I'm not like, I'm not going to lie. I love, I love what Minnesota's doing. I was never like, I wasn't a huge Justin Jefferson guy, but I totally see the appeal and I'm coming around to him. But still give me Cleveland in this one. Like you, you think you guys can control the run. The Browns can also control the run and they've also got cream hunt to do it too. So give me Cleveland in this one, but it will definitely be close. The one thing I will say that we discussed on the pod, uh, I think it was two last week, two, yeah, last week um, was telling our listeners to pick up Alexander Madison if they had Dalvin Cook. And sure enough, Dalvin Cook was out last week and we saw what Madison did. So it's not as big of a drop off as you might think. I think Cook's going to be back this week. He was limited in practice. Uh, so having those two, that two headed monster is only going to benefit the Vikings. Uh, it could be, in my opinion, the best two running back tandems in football um, going head to head in this game. We'll, we'll see, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, next game we got is the giants at the saints. Uh, New Orleans is favored by minus seven. Uh, I will take new Orleans just because they've looked pretty solid so far this year. And the giants are sitting at zero and three. So Tyler. Yeah, uh, Saints return home. They're going to have the dome rocking this week for the first time this season. Oh yeah, um, I think that this is uh, this is probably my second best uh, bet of the week. Which is, I, if you can get it down to six and a half, I would. But if you have to get it at seven, I still like the Saints minus seven in this game. Um, I think that this could get ugly pretty soon. Um, like I said, there's nothing like playing in the Superdome if you're the Saints and having that crowd back is, is going to propel them to a big win. Yeah, good stuff, uh, Jaden. Yeah, I'm with Tyler. Give me the Saints on the spread and the money line. Good stuff. Uh, Tennessee at the Jets. Tennessee is favored by six and a half points. I'm taking Tennessee every day and twice on Sunday. Tyler? Here it comes. Big upset. Jets win this game. No A.J. Brown. No Julio. They're going to pack the box. With uh, to try and stop Derrick Henry. And I think the Jets might pull off a shocker this week. The Tennessee defense has not been impressive all year. And maybe this is the game where Zach Wilson gets comfortable and has the best game of his young career. I like the Jets not only on the spread, but I like them on the money line. This is a very, very sneaky game for Tennessee, and they should be worried. Good stuff. I like it. I like the enthusiasm, Jaden. 
I definitely see where you're coming from. This is a good matchup with, you know, a struggling offense, but a struggling defense as well. And without their two receivers, they're going to pound Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is going to be facing a pretty solid run defense in New York. So I can't in good confidence say that I like the Jets in this one because I can't in good confidence say I like the Jets ever. Um, So give me the Titans just because – Derrick Henry can impose his will whenever he wants to. This is true. Uh, Kansas City at Philly. Kansas City is only favored by seven, which I cannot believe. And I'll take KC by a million. Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to – I think this is a get-right game for Kansas City. Um, I still expect points to be scored in this game because they haven't done everything that they needed on defense. Um, Josh Gordon ain't going to be playing this game. He'll be back. I mean, he'll be playing hopefully soon for Kansas City. But, um, yeah, I like them. Philly on on, uh, on Monday night really laid a dud. I know the link is a tough place to play, but – Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have now lost back-to-back, and they are pissed off, ready to come in. And uh, I think they're going to have the best showing of their season so far. Definitely. Jaden? Yeah, I'm right there with Tyler. Um, Chiefs are angry. The Eagles should have lost by more than what they they ended up losing by. They – Dallas had a fumble for a touchdown in their own end zone, and then they had one where they could barely – they just missed the – goal line um so it could have been a lot worse than it was yeah give me the chiefs they're angry i don't know who goes nuts out of tyreek and travis kelsey but it will definitely be one of them good call (laughs) uh next game that we have is pittsburgh at green bay green bay is favored by six and a half um give me green bay in this one just to piss Jaden off tyler Um, I think, you know, I know that the Steelers are going to get some guys back. I would take the under in this game um, if I was doing over-unders. Uh, the spread, six and a half. Man, it's a lot of points. Um, I'm probably going to go with Green Bay, but I'm not 100% on that. I could see the Steelers, you know, winning this game with a big defensive play. Um, but I think the Packers have kind of turned that corner since since the week one loss. Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. You know what to do in, in Green Bay. So uh, I, I like Green Bay in this game on the, on the money line and spread. Good stuff. Um, also want to mention Steelers are going to be playing without potentially Juju and Chase Claypool. So that means bad things for Ben Roethlisberger, which means bad things for the team. So another another crazy receiving day for Najee Harris incoming. Jaden? Um, if we get T.J. Watt back, which it looks like we will, and Deontay is coming back, with, and I know you just said Chase and Juju aren't looking great right now, uh, I think we keep it close. I would love to agree with Tyler and say that, you know, maybe a big defensive play wins this game. Uh, But I think TJ Watt being there and Cam Hayward has been the highest graded defensive lineman by PFF so far this year at a 93.4. I'm pretty sure that might be like the second highest grade among all players at any position. So he's been great this year, even with TJ Watt basically missing half the season. I think we keep it close just because we'll have TJ Watt on a third string left tackle like Nick Bosa was able to exploit last week, but I don't think we have enough offense to win. So I would take the Packers on the money line Steelers on the spread. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, All right, let's dive into our start sits. And I will go ahead and bring my uh, quarterbacks off first for the start. 
Um, I'm taking Jalen Hurts this week as my start for quarterback. Um, he's playing Kansas City, who have allowed the most rushing yards to quarterbacks so far this year, and that's obviously a huge strength of Jalen Hurts. Um, they've also allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks in general, minus the rushing. So also Jalen Hurts, as I mentioned, um, he's had over 60 yards rushing in two out of the three games so far. And game script will probably call for Jalen Hurts to throw a lot in this game. They might be down heavy and Jalen Hurts might be airing it out eventually. So, yeah, give me Jalen Hurts my start. Tyler. I don't have anything else to say. That's my start this week as well as quarterback is Jalen Hurts. I mean, the Chiefs, like you said, if their defense has given up an abundance of points. And, you know, if the Chiefs go up big, garbage time points is the, the best friend in fantasy. Um, and, and I think Jalen Hurts could get a bunch of uh, garbage time points. And the rushing yards, like you said, is just something that separates him from a lot of other quarterbacks. So I think Hurts does have a bounce back game in a good way. I just don't think that they have enough to win this game. Right. Good stuff. Jaden, who you got as your start? I've got Matt Stafford just because we talked about it when we were talking about the game. This is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be a super high scoring game and it's going to be a quarterback duel. And Kyler Murray is an obvious start in any week, but Matt Stafford isn't necessarily. So give me Matt Stafford as a start of the week. I like it. I like it. My sit this week at quarterback is Ryan Tannehill because we mentioned it earlier. He's going to be playing without AJ Brown or Julio in this game. Um, and even I know, are they ruled out definitively for this game? Or are they questionable right now? Julio is questionable, I think. Yeah. Rappaport said it doesn't look good for either of them. So, yeah, yeah. that's, what I, that's um, what I saw. And either way, why would the Titans take the risk? You know, like in a game that, I mean, according to Tyler, the, the Jets should win. But I mean, sure. why take the risk? You know, why take the risk? But like I said, they played the Jets. Third least fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Well, this is surprising. I, I didn't mean to run through like this. Like the Jets surprisingly have been very good against quarterbacks so far this year on defense, third least fantasy points allowed, um, least passing touchdowns allowed. And they played, I mean, they haven't played the best of competition, but Sam Darnold has looked great this year. Um, played Mac Jones before he threw the three picks in New Orleans and Teddy two gloves. So, yeah. Playing a stout defense, uh, stout is a hard word. No AJ or Julio. So, yeah, give me Ryan Tannehill as my sit. Tyler? Uh, I'm going with the guy that was just named Offensive Player of the Month in September, and that is Derek Carr. Uh, I think this Chargers defense is going to be able to get to him. Um, I think that he's going to have a tough time. And like we said, these receivers, somebody's got to step up. I don't know if they're going to continue to get the production. And, uh, you know, the Chargers defense shut down Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense for the entire first half last week. Obviously, Chiefs came alive in the second half. Um, but I think that that carries over into this game. And I think that they're going to shut down Derek Carr and uh, and this receiving core. Good stuff. Jaden, sit. What you got? Uh, give me Tannehill just because, like you said, both receivers out. I think this is a game where it's just – we're going to give Derrick Henry 35 carries, and if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose, because we don't really have a choice. Um, so I just – I don't like the production from Tannehill this week. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's dive into the running backs. And my start of the week is Mr. Trey Sermon. In week three, he was the lead back. He had 10 carries, 31 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And I know this doesn't pop off the page, but game script didn't really call for a lot of running in this game. If I'm telling the truth, uh, the other running backs on the roster are major question marks. Um, Jermichael Hasey just got placed on IR. 
Um, Elijah Mitchell was questionable with the shoulder injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. I'm not sure what his status was today uh, and Mostert out for the year. So Trey Sermon looks like he's in a position to take the backfield for himself. And also he plays the Seahawks who have been struggling on defense. They've allowed the most fantasy points to running back so far. They've allowed the most running back touches 20 more than the next defense, which is Miami in case you want to know. And they've allowed two running backs so far this year to run for a hundred yards against them. So yeah. Give me Trey Sermon. Tyler? Um, I've got a guy that I think game script is really going to play in his favor. I think his team is going to be up by a, a significant margin, and they're going to utilize him down the stretch, uh, and that's Zach Moss. I know we talked about him as a possible sit last week. Really like him this week um, going up against his Texans defense, and they're going to use him inside the red zone, um, and I think he's going to get a bunch of chances to, to get in the end zone. Two, three touchdowns is not out of the possibility with him. Um, so I love Zach Moss this week. I like it. I like it, Jaden. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. This is a guy who's, you know, was supposed to be a top 10-ish back coming into the season, and he struggled so far out of the gates. He's had two games under 10 points. But he does – why am I – oh, he gets Miami, who we just said gets gives the most touches to running backs. The one thing, though, and I don't want to, like, go off Jonathan Taylor, but the thing that scares me about Zach Moss is Devin Singletary. <laughs> And the thing that scares me about Devin Singletary is Zach Moss. It's For sure. Literally any given week, one could score 30 and the other could score zero in the opposite. I will say that Zach Moss is definitely their goal line favorite kind yeah, of guy. That was the only and, like advantage. Yeah. And honestly, I think Zach Moss is starting to take this job outright from Devin Singletary. So, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, my sit of the week at running back is going to be Tony Pollard. And I know the hype's big after, I mean, uh, he wasn't that great on Monday Night Football, but huge in week two, and people are probably so high on him. But sit him this week. Um, in week three, at a 38% snap share compared to 78% for Zeke, um, 11 carries to 17 carries. And he plays the Panthers, who are have obviously been – the best defense in football, least fantasy points allowed to running backs. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown so far this year. And they have held running backs, all running backs that they've played to less than a hundred yards. Like they have not allowed a hundred yards rushing this year. So yeah, sit Tony Pollard this week, if you can. Tyler. Uh, I've got Damian Harris, which hurts me to say, because I've got him in a couple leagues, um, but going against the Bucks defense, uh, this is stout defensive line, Sue, Vita Vea, um, Levante David, all the guys that they've got, Shaq Barrett. Um, I, I don't like um, Damian Harris in this game. Game I know James White just got ruled out for the year earlier this week, um, but I think game script is really going to be negative for Damian Harris. I think that the Bucs are going to go up and the Patriots are going to be chasing and have to pass, which doesn't fit uh, Damian Harris's style of play. So I've got Damian Harris as my sit of the week at the running back position. Good stuff. Jaden. Yeah. Damian Harris was a guy that I was thinking of because I'm also an owner of him, but there is, it's pretty much smooth sailing from here on out. But my sit of the week is Tyson, Tyson Williams. The Ravens can't seem to decide what they want to do as far as Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray. At first we looked like, well, it was going to be Tyson Williams, but last week I felt like I saw a little bit more Latavius Murray on the field. And this Denver defense is still very good against the run, even though I did ha have Baltimore winning this game. I just, I don't trust any of the Ravens running backs. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's dive into the wide receivers. And my start of the week is OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. He looked great in his week three return, five catches on nine targets, 77 yards. And that doesn't even speak for all of it because he made some great catches. Um, I believe one, one of the catches was close right up on the sideline. That looked great. And that Baker OBJ connection looks like it might be finally starting to cook. Um, also, they play the Vikings this year or this year, this week. Um, they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers. They've allowed three separate receivers to go for 100 yards. And they've allowed six touchdowns in total, which is tied for the second most. So give me OBJ. Tyler? Uh, mine is going to be, I know Jaden chose the quarterback for his start of the week. So I'm going to go to one of his targets. And it's not the guy that's been hot this year. I'm going with Robert Woods as my start of the week at wide receiver. Um, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals are going to do everything they can to stop Cooper Cup. Um, so I think that's going to leave Robert Woods uh, with a lot of open looks and you know, if he's, I touched on it earlier, if he's going to have a big season, it's got to start now. This has got to be the game. We talked about this being a shootout. I think Robert Woods could eclipse 100 yards in this game and a touch. Uh, so I'd be all over starting Robert Woods this week. Good stuff. Good stuff, Jaden. Well, isn't that beautiful? I also have Robert Woods this week as my start of the week. As a Robert Woods owner, this is slightly biased because I need it to happen extremely bad. And like I, you had, you know, pretty much every point I was going to say, they're going to do everything they can to stop Cooper Cup, and this is going to be a high-scoring game. So somebody's got to score points. I like it. It's time for the captain of that team, who is Robert Woods, to step it up. So, yeah, I like it. My sit of the week at wide receiver is Henry Ruggs. I know he's been good so far this year. He's had more than 78 yards and seven targets in the past two games. But he's playing the Chargers this week who have allowed the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers. And he plays a very similar play style to Tyreek Hill. And they held Tyreek Hill to five catches at 56 yards in that game that they played in week three or this past week. So yeah, sit Henry Ruggs this week. Tyler. I have got a big name receiver as a sit and it is going to be Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I'm sitting him basically because of the matchup with Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think that is going to be something that the Rams have got to key in on, uh, you know, if they're going to win this game, uh, which I think they will. And I think it's going to open looks up for other guys uh, with the Cardinals, you know, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, uh, people of that nature. So I've got DeAndre Hopkins as my sit of the week at the wide receiver position. I like it. Jaden, what you got? I'm sad. Uh, my sit of the week is Deontay Johnson. And I know that that, you know, sounds like we're stupid because Chase and Juju look like they're going to be out, but we will be facing the Packers who have one very good corner by the name of Jair Alexander. So, you know, it makes it very easy for a team with one good corner to key in on one good wide receiver when the other good wide receivers aren't there. So Jair is probably going to be guarding Deontay Johnson for 70% of the game. And then we'll just give Najee 25 targets this week. Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right. The last position group that we have to go over is tight end. And my start at tight end this week is Noah Fant. Uh, we talked about it a little already. Um, Denver suffering some injuries on the offensive side. Uh, KJ Hamler just tore his ACL in week three. Um, Jerry Judy on IR so somebody's got to catch those balls and I think it's going to be Noah Fance um, he also plays the Ravens this week who have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this year they've allowed the most catches to tight ends and two separate tight ends have gone for 100 yards against them so yeah give me Noah Fant Tyler 
granted, it was Kelsey and Waller that probably went for a hundred. And but, Hawkinson. Well, he, but, had, he he did have two left. He had like. But um, no, I, I like that pick because I also think that with uh, Humphrey being on Sutton, that's going to open up some some area for Noah Fant there. Um, my start of the week is going to be Logan Thomas. Uh, I have him as my start. I think that Heineke is going to have to go to him because the Falcons are going to do everything that they can to slow down Terry McLaurin, scary Terry. Uh, so I think that uh, it's going to open up some some of the field for Logan Thomas. And, you know, you could be looking at anywhere from 60 to 70 yards, touchdown, uh, five, six catches is what I would look, look at for Logan Thomas. So I think he is uh, going to be a top five tight end this week. And Taylor Heineke looks for him a lot. I will say that. So, yeah, good stuff. Jaden? My star of the week is Mike Jasicki. This was a guy who was like borderline sleeper at the beginning of the season and then had zero points in his opening debut and just got completely forgotten about. He had 18 points last week. I think his volume gets increased a lot with Jacoby Brissett under center. He's running a lot more routes than he was with Tua. I think that he could work his way into obviously not like the Andrews Pitts Hawkinson category, but like the Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, they all blend together at that point, but. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's get to sits. My sit of the week is Tyler Higby. And I know he had a pretty solid game this week. He had a fluky touchdown against Tampa Bay. Um, but he caught all five of his targets in that game, but he only got five targets for 40 yards. And the week before that, he only saw one target in week two. So he also plays the Cardinals, who are an emerging defense. They've allowed the fourth least fantasy points to tight end so far. And they've only allowed eight catches of 48 yards in general against the tight end. So, yeah, sit Tyler Higby this week. Tyler? I'm riding with you on that one. Uh, I've got Tyler Higby as my sit as well. Cardinals do a very good job in the middle of the field against tight ends. They're more susceptible on the outside with the corners, which is why I like Robert Woods, which is why I don't like Tyler Higby this week. So all of your points uh, kind of add up there as well. Uh, and Tyler Higby, once again, is my sit for the week. Stuff. Jaden. Uh, my sit of the week is a guy who kind of had his breakout game last week, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, he looked not great the first two weeks then he does well last week against Detroit but now he's walking into a Denver defense that has Justin Simmons on it they're going to play him tight Denver has been great against tight ends this year so not starting good stuff all right boys well that does it for this week's material that we had to cover but it's going to be a great week of football um, take in mind all of our start and sits this week. Take in mind some of our picks this week. And good luck to everybody's fantasy teams and their personal teams. So it's been great. Good stuff, boys, today. And um, we'll see you later on the Blitz Pod. Catch you after Monday Night Football, but we'll post it on Tuesday. Catch you later.